lovely listener. It's Celia, host of Love Waits for You, wishing you a happy new year. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd. By the time you're listening to this, it's at least Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. And this is the first year that I've not made a list of resolutions because I really just kind of feel like I'm doing everything I want to be doing. Like there's nothing, no more chores, no more things I need to add to my list. If anything, what do I need to take away? That's kind of where my mindset is. Like what does, what doesn't serve me anymore? What takes up energy, but doesn't fuel me? Um, I actually don't have any of that on my list either. (laughs) So it looks like things are just going to be staying the same, but you know, it's, probably the first time in my life that I felt this way. It's taken me a while to get here. Um, Something I wanted to follow up with from our conversation last week where we had discussed, or I had discussed, a freeze state. You know, I've talked to you guys about this on an episode before. Assuming you've listened to every episode, you're educated on the a trauma response, which is a free state. And um, I did go to therapy on yesterday, and I discussed it with her. So I wanted to share something that she shared with me because I told her, I said, I just, like I said last week, I just wish there was a way. It's almost like I'll, like it feels stuck in me and I just want it to like, I just want to purge it. I just want the trauma to like leave me. It feels like it's at the surface, just like wanting to get out. And um, she said that the reason why that freeze response came over me where I was just frozen, like couldn't get out of bed, even though I wanted to, even though I had made commitments that I knew were going to make me feel better. Um, and they did, you know, and I have that in my toolbox to know, you know, next time I feel frozen, do something for someone else. It'll, it'll unthaw me or it'll thaw me out. (laughs) Um, but she said, it's like resetting a bone, when you're healing, she said, and that's why a lot of people don't want to go back and do this work because it is painful, but it's better on the other side. Basically, you do have to go back and trudge up stuff it's, and then reset the bone and then that can be painful. And, but we're do, what we're doing is like replacing it in a way for it to like actually heal because at the root of all self-destructive behaviors is a trauma. I'm convinced of that. And because of everything I've changed, I'm not just this normal person who's like, okay, well, I'm no longer a deviant to society as we were talking in therapy. So it's like, but like, that's not enough. I'm like, okay, I'd weigh myself six times a day. I know that's not normal. What is underneath that? Like, Like, I want to know. I genuinely, like, I want to write all the things wrong. And part of that is from a trauma response, like, or a part that, like, wants to control. And then part of it's just because I'm just fully aware of my body and of our ability to, like, bypass things. And I'm just, like, easy to catch it now. So... What came up, you know, this is my journey to self-worth and healing. I'm very open on this podcast. Like, that's what this is, is me sharing my journey for the reason to inspire you to pursue your own. A year, over a year ago is not the same person you hear talking today. If I did not 
start when it was uncomfortable and painful and crazy, whatever, you know, people would want to say about it. Like I wouldn't be here. I had to start where I was. And part of my journey has been to to do this because I was called to do it. And I don't know why, because I don't, because this is not a best listen to podcast. It's like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like not blown up, but I know I was led to do it. I know I was supposed to do it. I know that the people on here that are listening to me, I know that you find this helpful in some way. And if I never listened to that little voice to do it, then I wouldn't be here in my healing on top of the people that I do have as listeners it helping you in some way. You know, there's no, there's really just no way to know, like, how many people I could be impacting. Like, it feels like it could be, you know, it's, what, a million people? Like, it seems like that's the goal, right? But what if it's just, like, the people that you, what if it's just, a thousand people, that still counts. What if it's just one person? At one time in my life, my ego, because I was so humbled, I just wanted to help one person. Like that person, that part of me is still there. That it's not about the numbers. Like it just, I'd be happy to just help one person. And I know that I'm doing that. And something that spoke to me the other day is I have these cards and it's like, they're not, I call them affirmation, affirmation cards, but they're like Oracle cards. Basically they have something like spiritual kind of say, to say on it. And, um, mine particularly said that the other day that I don't need to doubt myself if I don't get validation for things that I do. Like if I feel led to do something and I do it, like, I don't need, okay, if I don't get the, val, a lot of times I do get the validation. Whenever great things happen, it's like other people see that it's great too. But there are times that they don't. And I don't need to let that, you know, I don't let need to let self-doubt creep in. I need to basically just stay focused on my one person and keep my blinders on. And if it turns into a million people, great. If I become a best-selling author, great. But just stay focused on my purpose. So I'm talking to myself a little bit here. Um, This does make me want to draw an oracle card for you, though. Hold on one moment. So I'm going to, you could say pray. I'm going to just ask for God. That's what resonates with me. Um, to share something that could be warm and helpful to someone listening and to speak to them. And also something that I can use, something that can be meant for each of us listeners and me, the person speaking. So I'm going to shuffle them. These are called Ask Your God's. Don't freak out. It's fine. The only, honestly, I I have a spirit guide and my spirit guide. And okay, so people talk about having spirit guides, all that stuff. And um, the only person I've ever channeled and the only spirit guide I've ever connected with, and I legit connected with them the way these people talk about their spirit guides, 
was Jesus. Like, straight up. Like, I now know, you know, that I, like, channeled Jesus whenever I wrote this poem that I'll be speaking at the te at the TEDx. It's at the end of that. Um, the way it came on me and I couldn't stop and I've never, like, and I just had to write on the quickest thing, which was paper. I do all my writing on a computer. Like, I, like, that's how I wrote, wrote my books. It's not... And even when that was, that was also, but this, this, this time it was, it came on me so fast. It was like, I, I couldn't even get to the computer and it just poured out of me. There wasn't a moment that I could think in the same way with parts of my, my book, my third, my first book, um, not so much the second book. I think it was like, I kept on wanting to keep it alive, keep it going or keep that, whatever it was that was happening. Uh, and it, something about it, like, it was like, I don't know, it wasn't, it almost, I don't want to say it was too much of a good thing, but it didn't, the second book was like, I just remember I was definitely healing, I was definitely kind of like in a trance, but it was more me like really just trying to figure out how, like, where my mom went wrong, how to heal my mom, and trying to be like, okay, you know, I've got all this figured out. This is like the next thing is like my mission is like to heal her sort of thing. And um, it was just, I I think there's parts in it that may be helpful to some people, but I've never once felt compelled to promote it because I'm just like, oh, this is just kind of like getting too much into my neuroses and psyche and my, <laughs> the ways I needed to heal and not so much and, and less, um, I don't want to say productive, but less useful to others and more just embarrassing for me. <laughs> Let's just be honest. So anyway, so yeah, don't let the ask your gods Oracle cards, um, trip you out because the only gods that's ever communicated with me is, uh, Jesus. So, okay. Let's just ask him, Jesus, what is a card that we can I'll gain something from right now. So the way it is, is I shuffle it and then I grab one and I don't do this every day. There was a time in my beginning of my healing that I did a tea ritual and pulled a card. Like I was like every single day meditating, like drink, doing like a whole ritual setup. Um, this says risk and it says joy guides at the bottom. So then what I do now is I go to this little book that it comes with a guidebook and I go and look up this particular thing it has a 43. So I go up and look up number 43 where it says risk joy guides. So at the top, it says curiosity, delight, bliss, charisma. It says life feels good right now and you're barely scratching the surface of what's possible. Follow your joy guides as they lead you into this new sensual and highly appealing territory. Flaunt your sexy self, flirt, laugh, explore. Take your free spirit for a walk on the wild side. Don't be afraid of daring exploits. You need to push the limits past the familiar, the predictable, and the safe, free from fear's grip. This will give you the psychic juice to create. Your joy guide's message, let your hair down and live a little. So maybe um, I'll... <laughs> I'm, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if I, if I do that. Um... I definitely can't like teach you guys from experience of me necessarily doing that, but I've definitely gotten better at being a little less 
up tight or wound tight. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's do it, guys. Tomorrow, I guess I could start tomorrow with I'm going on the noose. And it's a totally different feeling that I have compared to last year. Last year, I'm still honored. I'm still so thankful, blessed, like, like I see God in it. But last year, it was like such a new feeling. Like I was like, and I was even, I was very nervous. It's live TV beforehand. This time, I don't feel that. I feel, I mean, I've, I've already planned my outfit for tomorrow. Of course, I'm, last time I had somebody come do my hair and makeup. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm doing my own hair and makeup. Like, it's fine. I'll be fine. And, um, and I think what breeds that confidence and self-belief is the fact that I have done it before and I was good. And, um, yeah. And even, okay, another difference about me now is last year I was very like guarded in what I would share. Like it was a huge deal for me to share online that picture of that black eye. And the reason why I did was because I gave it to the news lady cause she needed something. Cause you know, it's TV. She had something to go with the story and that was as far as I could go with it. Um, this time, I've given her the book cover, uh, which has four lines of fake cocaine in it. And there's a photo of me whenever I was like 19. And my face is really red. And I can tell you right now, I was like doing cocaine. And I have a cigarette in my hand. Um, there's not even a drink in front of me because I didn't drink a lot whenever I was doing coke. Um, I didn't. I just mainly did that. And I just kind of look, here's the word. This is what's shameful about it is I feel like I look trashy. But here's the thing. And this is what I'm going to talk about in my TED Talk. Like that girl was saving my life. I couldn't face what it felt like when I was alone and sober or I would have had to leave this earth. It was too dark. It was too painful it was unhealed trauma. I had gone through way too much trauma, trauma after trauma after trauma. And I'd run from it for so long. So the more you run from it, the deeper and darker it gets. And I'm listening to a book called um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And it's explaining, which I already knew this, that about, you know, people getting addicted to like cocaine and stuff like that is it's not even so much the attraction to the drug anymore. It's the way you feel when you don't have the drug. Like, I could have told you that because I, I lived through it. Like, you get, you need more and more of it because you're empty and more empty without it. Like, that's a trauma in itself, and I did that to myself. That wasn't done to me, but at the same time, I am not ashamed of that girl, there's a slither of, there's a part of me that's still inside me that is like, uh, like I, I don't want everyone to see that photo because that girl looks trashy and that girl was me. But what I, the, the majority of me now, not saying that part's not still here, but the majority of me like honors her. Like, I don't, I'm not just, I can't, I'm not even just saying I'm no longer ashamed of her. I'm saying I honor her. Like, I respect her. Like, I, I love her. I understand why she was doing what she was doing. And that's not a place I was at a year ago. 
a year ago when I went on the news and talked about this stuff, I was also, I didn't know, I didn't get to the point where I am now to know that unhealed trauma was at the root of all of it. I had just started medication like a year prior and got a lot of healing. And I thought at the time in my healing journey, because literally the intense healing journey started when I started the podcast. I felt led to do the podcast and things just went crazy um, in a good way. And, you know, crazy way, but it was all good. All, all crazy, crazy good and crazy good and just good. And But you, y'all know. You know if you know. So that was September of 2022. Okay, so I quit drinking July of 2022. Let's go back. Started taking medication end of January 2022. That helped me quit drinking alcohol in July of 2022, which was just not smart for me and my tendency towards depression. Finally quit going to see a talk therapist because I was like, this is like more draining than anything because I have to drive here and it's not helpful. Um, and But I felt bad because I really liked this lady. I've been going to her on and off for years. So that was the only thing is I felt like I was breaking up with her. I felt like I was hurting her feelings versus, you know, you know, doing something I shouldn't be doing. It was like, no, this is, this is uh, what I needed to be doing, which was no longer doing that. <laughs> And then uh, started the podcast in September. That's exactly whenever I basically left her. I'd started the podcast and I didn't need someone to just like listen to me anymore. Talk like this because I had the podcast. So why was I going to drive 50 minutes to Green Hills in traffic at the time of day that I would go over there to see her anymore? That it just didn't make sense. So that's the progression of everything. And then uh, February of 2023 is when I went on the news the first time and I said underneath at the time I was very like guarded um I was like you know uh vulnerable for the fact that I was even sharing what I was sharing right but I was not where I am now I didn't know that underneath all of it was unhealed trauma I thought underneath all of it was oh this is the thing it was mental illness what I believe now and i found other humans to also believe this. So now I believe it without a shadow of a doubt and nobody's changed my mind is that under mental illness is unhealed trauma. Now for some people, it, they're going to have a predisposition. It's like epigenetics, I think, or it's like, you know, they're just born with that. But for it to like actually manifest, um, there has to be some trauma and, you know, I know it's true for me. I don't know about you who's listening and, you know, I'm not telling anyone ever to stop taking their medication, but I can tell you that my path was my path. And after I'd spent enough time not drinking alcohol, knew I wasn't ever going to go back and do that stupid thing again for my brain. And, you know, I know that I have to have movement and I've been able to come off of it. Now coming off of it, I went to like newer forms of therapy and I'm not going to do talk therapy again where we just talk about it. Like I need to, I need different, I need some newer updated models to be working off of. Like where it's like, we actually talk about the trauma. We actually deal with it. Like my husband's like intrigued when I come back and talk about, you know, um, the, uh, sessions I have, he's like, 
I probably have some religious trauma too. And I'm like, you for sure have it. You didn't see demons being cast up. But like whenever people are raised to think that just their thoughts are bad, like that they're bad for having those, like, but they're just teenagers and they're just attracted to the opposite sex. Like, like to think that we have like a, a nature that's like corrupt, like that's traumatic. Like, and it's not true. I found, I found enough to know and like feel that, that I I knew that we were born and we were created pure. Like I knew that. And I knew that things happened to us along the way, like dark things, darkness, which and now I'm, I'm using the word trauma happens to us to like kind of rob us from that. But like we can get back there. And like I was telling my therapist, I said, it's crazy because I used to struggle with sin, quote unquote, so much. And now that I like don't even follow those rules the way I thought of them before or whatever, like religion, I don't, I sin less than I've ever sinned in my life. Like all of my issues with sin was, um, you know, getting drunk when I didn't want to get drunk or like having anxiety and like breaking down and like smoking weed once every you know two years with my friend and from my hometown and it was just like those are the things that I don't do anymore and those are the things that were so sinful about me before I mean you know premarital premarital sex um and I'm married now so like that gets ruled out too but I'm not saying that I'm just like I'm not saying that I'm okay what I'm trying to say is that even sin itself is a trauma response. And that's what she helped me to realize too. You know, like as we define sin, like what it is, it's basically a trauma response. Like the things that we do when we do the sin is because we're running from an unhealed like wound and I could think, you know, trying to think of how you could apply that to premarital sex. I know you could apply that to promiscuity, pr- promiscuousness or promiscuity, sorry, promiscuity. I know you can apply it to that. Um, premarital sex, like, I, I just don't think it's a freaking sin. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think that, I think it's like... um well, first of all, sin's not my word anymore anyway, but I don't think it's, I think it is harmful if you are not like sold on each other. And I think it's harmful to separate. So I think people that are in a season of intense healing, like I am even now, like I'm still in a season of intense healing. It was like super, super wild and crazy intense back in September of 2022 when I started this, but January of 2024, still in it. It's just not as intense and crazy. But if I were single, I would not be, um, I would not be physical with anybody. And there were definitely years that passed during my um, other forms of healing after I quit drugs and stuff where I didn't. Because what it does and I, I've really kind of like, I'm not preaching for celibacy, but I think whenever you are going through a season of healing, that the best thing you can do for yourself is, because you're vulnerable, you're a little 
fried raw. I don't want to say fragile because you're strong to even be facing your feelings. It means you're strong, but you feel raw and it's just, and it also kind of like makes you go backwards a little bit. So I think like first from a self care perspective, I don't think that it's like healthy. So anyway, I'm not going to yell at subject anymore. I'm not a preacher, but, and we've been talking for 24 minutes tonight. I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, oh, this is funny. Um, I'm going to tell you two more stories. Okay. So one is the lady from the news was like, hey, can you send me a 30 second clip from your podcast? And I went back to last week's episode and I was like pretty proud because I, I found 30 seconds. I was like, hey, it, how does this, you know, it was like 22 seconds. I was like, I can dig deeper if you'd like. And she's like, no, this is great. But I told my husband, I was like, you know, within all of my episodes, because I only went back to like the most recent and I found like there's some gold within all of them. Like at least I'd say at least 22 seconds somewhere within each episode of gold. But you have to like stick with a lot of rambling. You have to stick with a lot of, you know, it's just, I was like listening to it. And I'm like, there was no way I would post that on the news. Like I was like, as I was getting to the part that I did give her, I was like, there's, there's no way. Like, like, Hey world, this is the crap I'm talking about. I'm like, <laughs> so thank you guys for staying with me, um, to get there. I hope I become, um, a better speaker on here, um, for you guys. I'll pray about that because, you know, I don't want this to be about like me. I know it is my journey to self-worth and healing, but only, I only want to use and share like what's helpful to you. But I honestly do feel like I am, I want you to feel like that there is something safe here. Like you can trust like what I'm saying so that you can then apply it to your own life. And, um, it's like, there's not rapport because you're not speaking back to me, but I hope that you feel that I have love for like your soul and I'm doing it from a place of those, <laughs> those 30 seconds within an episode that can hopefully impact and shape your heart and point you in the right direction so that. It sounds cheesy, this whole ripple effect of love that heals, but like literally we heal ourselves and that's how we heal the world. We heal it from the inside out. That's the one story. The second story I want to share with you. Um, I was in therapy on Monday and uh, I was telling her about the way in the six times a day. Okay, well, why do you do that? And you know, the parts work where there's a part of me that's a protector what is she, what is she protecting you from? And I'm like, from getting, um, from gaining, from, uh, from losing control. That's what it was. And she was like, what'll happen if you lose control? And all of a sudden I was overwhelmed with emotion. Cause I've been reading this book called no more parts. It's related to it. And I was thinking this stuff gets like wild. Like these parts talk to each other, talk back to the person. I'm like, that's like trippy. Like, are they and are they hypnotized? Like, I was so curious of, like, how this works during therapy. But, like, it happened. Because she's, like, she said, and what will happen if, you know, what what will you do if you lose control? And I just, like, got so triggered that moment. I was like, if you want me to tell her I'm going to love her if she gets fat, I won't. And, and she was like, and then I was like, oh, my God. 
Because I was like, kind of like, if I'm supposed to say, I said, if I'm supposed to say now that I'll still love her if she gets fat, I, I can't do that. Because like the part is, it, you feel a certain way and you're supposed to sit with her and be like, oh, honey, like, I know you're feeling this way. Or like, not shame, not even shame the part of me that does weighs myself six times a day. Just be like, huh, wonder, like, kind of inquire, like, wonder what's going on that I, that I feel like I need to do that. Like see all these parts of you as yourself, but like younger versions. And I say that not to make anyone on here that struggles with their weight, um, or that like feel bad at all, because that is not a part of me. I'm not going to say I'm not proud of her because I mean, there's a part of me that like does not like, and like is ashamed of the part of me that cares about my looks, but I'm not supposed to be that way either. Like all these parts served a purpose and were there for a reason. And I can't be mad or ashamed of the one that's like, wouldn't love me if I got fat. <laughs> I can't even like be ashamed of her as much as I can't be ashamed of the one that's like into her looks. I've got to love all of it with compassion. And that part that wouldn't says it wouldn't love me because if I got fat well it's because when she was little she felt like she wouldn't be loved if she got fat and I know I've shared with you this before when I was like nine years old getting a physical I was like 92 pounds and um I was I gained weight sometimes in my face and I was like looking a little probably like I do now except for I didn't work out <laughs> like I have a little bit extra weight on me right now and it's fine um like I'm healing even <laughs> I'm figuring it out but um you know I think I share with you guys that my mom told me I needed to start watching it or I would get in trouble like I would or I was gonna be in trouble like I was gonna like it was point it was told to me and, but here's the thing. It was probably told to her by her mom. And her mom probably told her. Like, it's so accepted in society for us to be like that to our daughters. For us to be like that to ourselves. And probably wouldn't be thinking about it if I hadn't done all the work I've already done. And I'm already, like, on this path. And I'm like, no. Like, this is not me forever. I know there's a version of me. I told my therapist that cause she recommended a book for me down the road when I'm ready to let go a little bit more. Um, intuitive eating. And I told her, I, cause she hasn't weighed in like 10 years. I told her there is a part of me. I know I've always been able to see my future healed self versions, like know that certain things would exist about me. Like even with the drinking, like I knew it was always such a like thing whenever I would do it because like I knew this higher self of me existed, this future, like this like thing where I would have like a nonprofit and I didn't call it a nonprofit back then, but it's where I'd go do workshops. Like I didn't call the, or I'd go do a TEDx. I didn't call any of those things, but I knew something, some big future existed for me where I wrote and I spoke and I couldn't do any of those things whenever I drank. Well, I know there's a future of me that exists where I do not weigh myself six times a day. Like, and I'm not as preoccupied with it. Um, and I can love that part of me and understand that part of me that's trying to protect me from not being loved by being a Nazi with the weight. So I'll leave you with that. Still working through it. 
but the good news is, is I'm here. I'm on the path and I'm not going anywhere. And clearly you are too. So the best thing I can advise is stay as clear headed as possible and just feel that your feelings and their intensity. And if you can not drink and you can be sober, that will be your fast track to your future highest self. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.